Welcome to the Librarian Influencers Podcast. Each week, our host, Dr. Laura Shinneman, dives deep into school library topics to help you build your skills and take charge of your own professional development. Her mission is to create an environment where librarians flourish and become lifelong learners. Now, on to today's podcast. I'd like to welcome Margie Longoria to the Librarian Influencers Podcast. So Margie, go ahead and tell us a little bit about your background with the library. Hi, okay, so I've been in the high school library for nine years. High school library is all I know. I was very lucky to, to get this position here at Mission High School. The librarian that I replaced was here for 30 years. Oh, wow. So I filled some very big shoes and she was, I mean, that woman, I would call her after she left because she was just a wealth of knowledge. So um, she retired because she she had to retire because of um, her doctor. It was a doctor. Oh. So I, uh, I was very lucky. Everybody wanted this job and I got it. So I plan to be here 30 years as well. Oh, that's <laughs> awesome. Very, very good. I and never want to leave. <laughs> yeah. And, I, and I, did, I know you, since I know you personally, I know that you just, your passion for books in general. So, I mean, to tell us what this library job has led you into doing besides just working in a library. I've been able to, and it's all, I remember wanting to be on um, reading list committees because I always felt that I, um, I wanted to be able to help other librarians and teachers, because I used to be an English teacher, find books for students in our you know, for all of our kids. So I was very lucky that when I started, when I became a librarian, I was, after a few years, I was able to serve on different um, committees for the Texas Library Association. I've, I've served on the Tatius Committee, on Spot High, and on Tejas Star. And I've also served on committees for our Region 1 um, here locally. And so that's taken me to, a. but I've met a bunch of people and I've been able to meet a bunch of librarians and I've had a, I, that's probably been my favorite thing about being a librarian mm -hmm. was the the different friendships that I've made and the different committees that I've been able to serve on. Yeah, that's awesome. I, I love it. I loved it. So Margie, I, I, since I know you personally, I, I also know that you've done some other things related to the library and just your passion for books. So tell us a little bit about the book festival that you helped start. I was very lucky. I had a, I, I attended during library school, I attended a book festival in Houston. And I was so impressed and so jealous that the area, Houston area, was able to have this kind of a um, young adult book festival. Mm -hmm. And it was at a high school. And I thought to myself, I want to do this where I live. So I, with the help of a couple of friends and um, a bookseller that I was, that I'm really clo close to, he, um, I didn't know, I, I had mentioned it to him, like, I want to have a book festival here in the Valley for because it's hard for a lot of our kids to get, and what was really impressive about the Houston one was that the kids were bussed in from all the different school districts in Houston. And I thought to myself like, wow, to be able to do this for our kids where we live would be amazing. Cause when I was young, I remember thinking if I would have met Judy Bloom at 12 years old, I would have died. Oh, yeah. So I can just think about, I would just think about the kids, like my, the kids that I was serving my, my students, how they would love to meet an author that they loved. So I, um, we were, you know, I mentioned it to him and he said, let's do it. And I was like, wow, I found somebody just as crazy as me. And the thing is, he really, like, he helped me make it happen. And he got me authors and we had a, a first book festival. And then we've just kind of grown since then. We've had um, great writers, Simone Elkeles, Ben Sines, um, 
Lilium Rivera, Guadalupe Garcia McCall. I mean, I've had some really amazing um, authors come and visit with our kids, Angela Cervantes. I mean, there's so many. And so this year, because of COVID, I was kind of like, well, I didn't know what to do, if I was going to do it or not. And then um, October kind of came and went. And then I decided, you know what, it was our fifth year. So I said, I'm going to do it anyway. So I contacted a couple of people that I knew about 20 different writers. And I said, will you do a, an hour on my book festival virtually? And they said, yes. So then we had a virtual book festival this awesome. year. And it was really, really fun. That one was nice because, you know, it was everybody got to participate. It wasn't it wasn't as I'm not going to say it was as great as um, being in person because it's always fun to be in person and for the writers to see the, the kids in person, for these kids to see the writers in person, I think is very important. Mm -hmm. But it was fun nonetheless. And I'm happy that we were able to do year five and not have to skip it. And next year, hopefully, we can have um, have it in person again. And I just feel that for an area like the Rio Grande Valley, we, we don't have a bunch of um, literacy is very, it's just not really pushed as much as I wish it was. And we don't have a bunch of stuff like this. So to have a teen book festival, I always feel too that a lot of times that we have a bunch of things for the kids, for, for the little kids. And not that I have anything against the little kids. I love, you know, elementary school kids, but I'm a high school, I was a junior high teacher in high, and I'm a high school librarian. And I always feel that our older kids are left out of a bunch of literacy events. So I wanted something that was just for them, for the middle school and the high school. And this, this festival, the Porter Book Bash um, is for our young adults of the the Rio Grande Valley and I love it. And I hope to continue to, and, and also the librarians of the Valley help me a lot. Like every year we have it at a different school. Like I ask who wants to host Book Bash and somebody will say us and they do. And I just show up with my people and they, they're rock stars. I've, I've been so blessed with the librarians of the Valley that have helped us That's continue awesome. and have our, our book festival here. All right, so for the listeners who aren't familiar with the Rio Grande Valley, that is the, if you'll think about the very bottom tip of Mexico, um, it's, it's along the Texas-Mexico border. That's the area kind of isolated from a lot of the rest of um, America and even from a lot of the opportunities that, that other areas might, might have. All right, Margie, so you have been in the library, um, did you say nine years now? Nine years. Nine, okay. So think back to the very beginning. I know you said you had big shoes to fill. What, what do you remember about those first couple of years? What were they like? I, I remember being so excited <laughs> and so ready to change the world. I remember I, it was so, I was so lucky too because I had two clerks and a, and a co-librarian and the two clerks that I was with at that time were clerks that had been in the library for 30 years. Oh. So those women were librarians yeah. just without the degree. The and they knew everything. I mean, they were card cataloging before, you know, we had, before the computers. I mean, they knew everything. Like, and whenever my clerk retired a few years ago because she had a, she had to retire because of her health, I would, I cried. Like, I was like, what am I going to do without her? I, I don't even, I couldn't even see my life without her because she was so, she was a librarian here. I was I was a librarian in title, but she was the one who who knew everything and they taught me so much. And I feel that I I was lucky to be able to work with three ladies who had been around for such a long time because I feel like I learned like basic stuff, stuff that we don't learn in library school anymore because now <laughs> library school is so advanced. But they knew stuff from like way back when. And I just I remember feeling um blessed that they were that they were my that they helped me and that they were, I was able to work with them. And I remember 
loving the library. I, I loved it the first couple of years. And then how everybody was so nice because you're new and they're like, you know, they think that you don't know anything. And I really didn't know anything. Those ladies taught me everything. And so I'm just great. I loved my, my first years were the best. Awesome. Very awesome. Was there any kind of advice looking back that you wish you had known? That you can't do it all in one day. Yes. I remember wanting to do everything and like I, you know, to, and they taught me, Lydia taught me to, you know, like, let's make a schedule and let's, what can we do this month and next month and even next year, Margie, we don't have to do it all right now. And I wanted to do everything. And that's what my advice to, to, um, my younger self would have been just breathe and okay. you'll get it all done. You just okay. need to, to relax and just take it one day at a time. Yeah, that's good. That's good advice for all of us. All right. So a lot has changed over the, you know, this last, it's, gosh, it's almost been a year, which is just astounding yeah. when you think about that. But talk, tell us a little bit about how COVID has changed library services for you. Right now we, me and my co-librarian, we haven't really like, whenever we closed down in March, we were gone for a little bit, but we came back in May. Okay. We came back to no students, but we did come back to a mess. You know, we had to um, clear up and clean up and try to fix and what we could salvage of the last year. Mm -hmm. And then the new year started, we came back in August and, you know, kids still needed books. They still needed Chromebooks. So now everybody needed a Chromebook. So here we were having to get Chromebooks ready, hotspots ready, books still ready. Um, Having, having to help kids through, um, you know, now we have forms online so they can fill out if they need help. They can call us in the library because now they need help. They still need help. So, but they're just not here. So we have to figure out another way to help them. And, and that's what we do. We talk with them over the phone. We'll get them on a little Teams call if they need help. If they need books, um, we'll check them out and leave them in the front office for them to come and get them. And it's been different. And and it's kind of sad, I think, too, because since we don't have students in the library, our library is huge. It's a huge library. It's a beautiful library. And there's nobody in it. Oh. <laughs> and that makes me kind of sad sometimes. But I'm hoping that sooner than later, we, we can go back to to normal, some kind of normalcy yeah. with um, in the libraries. Yeah. Okay. All right. So you're, you're just continuing on in your services. You're just finding a way to do it um, virtually. So virtually. That's very good. All right, so influence is something I think librarians um, learn about, you know, on the job because they they discover that oh my gosh, I have the whole school here now, you know, that's that I I have an impact on, and it's more than you know just a single classroom that you might have taught in at one point. But talk a little bit about um, the influence that you see librarians having on campus. It could be yourself or even somebody else. I feel. We, I have, I'm very, we're very lucky here on our campus because our teachers are very um, open to the things that we want to do. Like, especially like right now to a lot of them, like I'll tell them, I'll send an email to like my English department and say like, well, what are you guys reading? Do you need something from me? Um, can I come into your, into your Google classrooms and we'll, and I'll do the research with them. Like tell the kids where to find, you know, the databases that we have, help them there. And, and we, um, and we do this for all of our classes, not just English, like every single one of our teachers can can use us and then a lot of them are using us right now and because of the resources that we do offer as a library online for our kids so um i feel that we have a lot of a uh, support from from our from our faculty okay. and um i'm really appreciative of that because some schools 
don't, you know, it's, it's hard for it. And then right now, especially because teachers need the time to teach. And a lot of times we can't compete with their, we can't take their time. And we're just lucky that here, like I'm lucky that they, they're like, yes, we, we need you to come and, and talk to them about, you know, where to find research or where to find not to Google everything. And, yeah. and we do, we do a lot of um, little mini um, lessons with our students in virtual classrooms with the teachers. Okay, that's awesome. Um, it's great. Did, how, how did that start? Because I know some people have a hard time um, getting into those classrooms. Like it, how I just asked them. Like, okay. I, I, I just asked them, you know, because it's like, I need something to do too, you know? So it's like, does anybody need me to come in and talk to your classes? And and they, um, a lot, they, they say, yes, like, we'll, we'll have, we have a little calendar and they'll be, write them down and and we do like I it, it's a lot in the English classes and in the history classes that's where I go a lot and then the foreign languages let me go and do book I like to do book talks mm -hmm. so I'll go in and do a book talk in the foreign language and if they want to check out the book um they'll they can come and check it out in the in the front office I I just ask I ask my teachers I'm not you know I'm that's what I do. If you want something, you have to ask for it. <laughs> That's true. Very true. All right. Okay. So is there any new kind of influence that you want to work on as you're kind of starting to think about the future? Well, I don't know. I kind of just want to always, I, I, I want this now. I want to always remind my teachers and my students that we are here for them. I know a lot of times when we're on campus and stuff, there's all, the, there's everything going on, the hustle and bustle of everything. Yeah. extracurricular everything so a lot of times the library you forget about your library so i'm hoping that after this they'll remember yeah. the library and remember the librarians and how we how we are here to help them and mm -hmm. and we can still help them even though when we come back on campus that we're here for them now in person and hopefully we can continue to work with everybody right like that right. yeah i can't wait to see like a year from now um the things that did carry over, you know, from this COVID time, the things that were good and powerful, to see how we kind of incorporate that into um, when we're back face to face again. I think it's going to be be exciting because we've done we've done great things. I think as a profession, so that's awesome. I do too. I really think so too. Okay. Okay. Well, well, I know that you you are definitely passionate about books. It's one thing we know about you. Um, you love book talks. You started your Border Book Bash. Um, what in particular, um, what's kind of your thing right now that you're real passionate about with literature? I'm very passionate about young adult literature, diverse literature. Diverse literature is my thing. We, growing up, I remember reading books like Sweet Valley High and all. The, and I never felt different from Elizabeth and Jessica because Elizabeth and Jessica had two parents. They had, um, and I had two parents and they had, um, you know, friends and I had friends and they were working middle class and we were working middle class. So I never really, and I was never taught to see like race or color or anything like that. So Jessica and Elizabeth were just like me and my friends. I never, but as I started, um, when I got into the classroom and I, I started working with students, I started noticing how a lot of my kids that I served were different than I was growing up and how they, um, a lot of them had voiced how they didn't see themselves in literature. Mm -hmm. And I started like kind of intentionally looking for books that were, would help, would serve them. And um, there wasn't really a lot back 15 years ago. And yeah. we're lucky that now we're, we're, we're catching up in, in, in young adult literature. We're, we're doing really, really, we're not as 
we're not there, but we're getting there. And um, we're, I think we're the genre that's leading the way in diversity. We have, and then diversity is not just like about race or culture. You know, I had students with, you know, diabetes. So there's books about kids with diabetes, with cancer, about, you know, parents, books with kids, you know, with parents who have, you know, early onset Alzheimer's. I mean, there's all kinds of, of themes and all kinds of things that, that diverse literature can encompasses. And so I feel that it's very important that as a librarian, you know, your, your, your community and you know the kids that you serve and that you make sure that you have books for these kids that you serve. And not only that, but that you make sure that these kids that you serve can get a book and learn about somebody else and learn about somebody else's culture. That way um, they can walk in somebody else's shoes. You learn kindness and empathy through books and you can learn a lot about somebody else and somebody else's life if you if you read these books. Yeah. And it's important. And I think that I think that our our the new our gener this generation of kids, it's our job to teach them um, empathy and it's our job to show them how we're all different and how there's beauty and diversity. And we can do this with books. Mm -hmm. And I think books are the best tool to do it with because everybody um everybody you can give everybody a different book and everybody everybody will take a different message from this book. True. And I think that's very important when it comes to um, to literature. And I uh, I can't, sometimes I get, I can't stress enough to people how, how important it is to read to your babies when you're a baby, mm. when they're babies. You know, my parents read to me, I was reading when I was four years old because my mother read to me since I was born. Mm -hmm. So I, uh, I've been a reader since I was four. My, my son, I was reading to him when he, I read him Harry Potter when he was in my womb. So uh, he, he's a Harry Potter kid. Like he loves Harry Potter and he's a reader and he's a passionate reader. And I think that we can make readers out of our kids mm -hmm. if we, um, if we read to them and then if we just let them read what they want to read, show them that they, you know, if they like football. Here's a football book. If they like anything, here's anything, you know, like let them read what they want to read. Let them pick what they want to read. We shouldn't focus so much on levels and on whatever it is that they do in AR. Just let your kids, I've always let my son read whatever he wants. And sometimes the stuff he reads is over his head, you know, but you know, he loves, when he was little, he, he still does World War II stuff. Mm -hmm. And he, um, he would, we would go to the bookstore and he'd find a World War II book and it was like, and I would let him get it. Okay. You think you can read it, read it. And he would try and okay, maybe he couldn't get it then, but now he can get it. And, and so yeah. you should always just encourage your babies and encourage your kids to read and to give them books about, about different um, cultures and different people and different, so they can have different experiences and they can have all of this through books. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I know like when I, years ago, when I first started hearing the word diverse literature, I honestly just, race was what came to mind, you know, and, and it's like, oh my, now, of course, I realize there's so much more, you know, to diversity. Yes. Um, and you had a good point of really knowing your audience, you know, who you're you're serving, because that's who you're buying the. Yes. Introducing and then, the diversity. And we also need to make sure that we um. We give them books, to uh, to learn about others, to learn about other people. Mm -hmm. That way they. They can experience other cultures, experience other, other, you know, pe other experiences and other people through through books because that's the only way we're going to do it. Yeah, 
Yeah, most definitely. Um, interestingly enough, I had listened to a, he was a medical school dean, I believe, and he was talking about um, interviewing students, you know, who are wanting to get into medical programs. And he said one of the key things that he looks for is he wants them to be a reader um, and, and tied in really to what you were just saying with the, with the empathy. Um, because yeah. that's the way I know that, that my med students are going to be, have good bedside manner because they know how to look, you know, at the people and kind of relate to the people and know what's going on. But he, he in his opinion, it was reading uh, that set apart, set higher, you know, the certain med students above others. So good thing you're working on there, Ms. Martin. I believe that too. It, it's, reading does make you a better person. There's studies that show reading makes you a better person. And that's why I feel it's so important for our kids. Like we shouldn't make reading a chore. We should make it something fun. Take them to the bookstore, let them pick a book they want, even based on the cover. Like if the cover, if they like that cover, let them take that book. Like just let them read what they want to read. And then eventually they'll read anything, anything in the world, you know, because they're going to love to read. Mm -hmm. That's how I feel. All right. So for the audience who, who's listening today, do you have any like first steps that they can start thinking about in their own library if they want to work on the idea of diversifying their collection? I believe you have to read. <laughs> I, I think it's so important for librarians to read. I know that and I know a lot of librarians, um, some librarians don't read, but, you know, I know I think it's important that we all read. And I know that right now with a lot, with everything's virtual and this, that we're starting to go, everything's about technology. Yes, I believe that librarians need to have, you know, some kind of knowledge and technology, but I also believe that we cannot forget <laughs> that we need to read. Like we need to be experts in literature. We need to be experts in, we need to know, like if a child comes to me and says, you know, I had a child come to me one time. She was, um, she's transgendered and that's how she felt. And I had, I had just gotten a couple of books about it. And I, um, I was able to give them, give her these books, you know, so she could read and not feel alone and not feel, and then she opened up to tell me about how her mother, you know, was not happy about this. And I told her that, you know, it's not that her mom didn't love her. It's that parents sometimes have, we have expectations for our kids. And then sometimes they get derailed and we kind of get, you know, knocked off of what we, what we thought was going to be our perfect life and but it's not our life it's her life and her mom loves her and she just needs to give her time to to absorb it all because you know sometimes that that's just basically what it was and so i i feel that we need to know what's in our collection we need to know what we put in our and i take pride in knowing what's in my collection because i want to be able to hand that book to the to the right child at the right time to the teacher at the right time you know she wants a book she wants to read a book with her class i want to be able to say hey, read this one your whole class will love it mm -hmm. or poetry or something i just feel that we need that the, the school librarian needs to be a reader yes. above all else above all else <laughs> <Is that bad? laughs> definitely right all right margie so um what kind of things do you do as a librarian that help you keep learning and growing? I read. <laughs> I read everything that comes my way. I'm very lucky that I've been in this for such a long time that I get books from everybody. So I'm able to see and, and get a lot of great books. And so I can keep up with all that. But I also um, attend uh, little workshops. I go to the like to TLA, um, any kind of conference that's going to help me grow as a librarian. I, I go and I pay attention. I have friends who are really amazing um, 
tech people. And so I, I listen, I'm not an amazing tech person, you know, I'm, I'm the book person and then there's tech people. Yeah. So I go to my tech friends, you know, so I can learn from them because, you know, I, I'm not, I'll be the first to tell you, I'm not really sharp in that particular part of the, the library world, but we can, I, that's what I do. I just learn from other people. I ask questions. I'm not afraid to sound dumb. Like I'll ask somebody, okay, I don't know how to Google that. Yeah. <laughs> and they'll tell me, <laughs> you know, because we shouldn't be afraid to ask questions. Yeah. We need to um, just, and keep going and learn from each other and don't be afraid to ask each other questions and, and to share with each other because we, we need to do this together. We're, we're a very small group. Librarians, there's not a lot of us. We're a special little group. And so we need to help each other and, and continue to, but like keep each other growing and yeah. moving up in the world because sometimes people think that librarians that we're not they don't need us mm -hmm. that we're not uh, important anymore and we are we're very important and so we need to help each other stay important and stay relevant yeah in the in the world all right especially in education definitely all right well margie you shared a lot of great ideas today with people if they want to follow you and learn more from you where are they going to find you online okay on twitter i'm on at Margie's Must Read. And then on Instagram, on Margie's Must Reads. I do have Facebook Margie's Must Reads and my blog is Margie's Must Reads. All right, very good. Um, and would you like to give a plug for any special book that's coming out <laughs> next, later this year? I'm real really excited because I um, I have a book coming out this year. I um, I had an idea about an anthology that I, um, I wanted to see if I could put together. And I was very lucky that everything kind of, I, I was just, everything just fell into place for me. It was, it was crazy how, how kind of, it was, and I, I'm so excited, but it comes out, my book comes out August 17th. It's called Living Beyond Borders, Growing Up Mexican in America. I have a, a 20 different young adults um, and middle grade Mexican American writers who gave us stories to share with our community about growing up Mexican America and sharing how beautiful our culture is. I wanted this book for our Mexican American kids, our youth, but I wanted it for the world, for everybody to see how beautiful our culture is and how we're just like everybody else. We don't have, um, we love the same, we live the same. And I'm really excited that, um, that it's coming out. Oh my God, we sold in, in 2019, 2019, and I remember them saying it'll be out summer 2021. I was like, that's like forever Ever. away. Like I didn't, I couldn't even see 2021, and then 2020 happened, and I didn't even think we were gonna get to 2021. So we're here, 2021. Yay! So August 17th, I'm really excited to okay. share. Just book say the with name them. of the book one more time. Living Beyond Borders. Okay. Stories about growing up Mexican in America. All right, and who's the publisher for that? The publisher is Philomel with Penguin Random House. Okay, very good. Well, so exciting. Um, it's uh, gonna be awesome when that is released. And Margie, just thanks so much for sharing your story with everyone today. And it's, it's, it's such a pleasure to, to just see the impact that you're having um, on our world overall. So thanks for your time today. Thank you, Dr. Shenneman. Bye-bye. Bye. -bye. Bye.